0: Things that go together. Things that go together. Macaroni and cheese. Peanut butter and jelly. Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen. Joseph Dutko and diving into the frigid ocean. Things that go together prayer and fasting fasting and prayer now you certainly can and will pray without fasting 1st Thessalonians 5:17 urges us to pray without ceasing pray all the time every day throughout the entire day and night too If you are awake, be in constant communication and connection with God. And it's also possible to fast without praying. You can fast with a focus on the health benefits. There's nothing wrong with good health. However, we are looking at the combination of prayer and fasting. We are focusing this week on collectively seeking God through fasting and prayer. And we're not saying or intending that prayer and fasting should happen only this week, that it should somehow be confined to a particular time frame or set of circumstances. Not at all. Prayer and fasting are powerful spiritual practices, an important part of an ongoing spirit-filled relationship with Jesus Christ. We've highlighted prayer and fasting this week because we're wanting to be intentional and we're wanting to be unified to come Together as a church the body of Christ and seek God together We're wanting to be specific to be concrete to be practical to Collectively listen to God to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit together as one on the topic of fasting or prayer and fasting, I would highly recommend two messages by Joseph and Hannah. They're from the two previous years in January. You can find them on the church website. I looked under messages, clicked on individual messages, and hit the more button, and I'm confident if I could find them, then anyone can, right? One message is titled, Going Deeper in 2023. And it's preached by Hannah and Joseph on January 5th, 2023. The other is called Fasting to be Filled. And Joseph gave this message on January 16, 2022. And a few takeaways for me after watching both of these messages. Here they are, and I'll just touch on them briefly. What are some reasons to fast, when we're in desperate need, when we face trouble, and we know that God will come to our aid, when we're entering into a new season, when we're wanting a breakthrough over sin. To receive God's favor, and Esther is an example of this. I also really appreciated the comments, we don't fast because we should. We fast because we need to. We need more of God. And fasting allows us to be more sensitive to the Spirit of God and what He might be asking us to do. And those two messages also contain concrete and practical information about fasting. For example, if you've never fasted, start slowly. Perhaps one meal. Drink plenty of liquids during the fast, so lots of water, perhaps juice. There are different kinds of fasts. And certainly, don't ignore medical or health conditions. And fasting from food is for adults, not for children. And there are specific guidelines about how to break or come off a fast, particularly a longer one. So seek advice and guidance. Jesus instructed us to fast. He himself fasted. Let us follow his example. And as I talked and mentioned earlier, there's a prayer guide that we've made, and it's a guide. It's not the 11th commandment or anything like that, so take it as a guide. But thought and prayer went into it, and we trust that it's helpful. And last year's key phrase if you remember, hopefully you remember, was, yes, Going Deeper, Going Deeper <laughs> from Marcello. <laughs> I'm sure everyone else knew that. You just didn't want to say it. And this year, the key phrase is a lasting legacy, a lasting legacy. And as mentioned, the guide outlines some types of prayer, adoration, confession, Thanksgiving, supplication, blessing, and it's not meant to be an exhaustive list. For example, we didn't include lament, which is another type of prayer. We know how rich and full prayer is. Praise, intercession, listening, being still, short prayers longer prayers, tongues as a prayer language, quietness with God. It seems impossible, almost arrogant, to attempt to describe the scope and power of prayer. We come humbly before God, allowing Him to speak and transform. Let's turn to Isaiah 61, a wonderful passage of Scripture. Again, I encourage you to read it every day this week, to set aside time, reading it prayerfully, reflecting on it, asking God to breathe its truth into your life, allowing the Spirit to bring application to your present situation perhaps highlighting certain words or phrases. And there's scholarly opinion that chapters 56 to 66 in Isaiah were written after the Jewish people returned from exile, in the same time as the story told in Ezra and Nehemiah. A people returning to their land after the devastating experience of exile, confronted with the reality of rebuilding in the face of opposition. When we read the chapter through this lens, the language and impact of the passage comes alive. Comfort all who mourn. Provide for those who grieve in Zion. Rebuild the ancient ruins. Restore the places long devastated. Words of hope and renewal, of rebirth and reclamation. Fast forward roughly 500 years to a Jewish synagogue in the town of Nazareth and we see someone stand up to read from the scroll of Isaiah. Who is this person and what are they saying? And let's read it for ourselves in the Gospel of Luke chapter 4 starting at verse Sixteen. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's Favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today, this scripture. Is fulfilled in your hearing. These are the words of Jesus, the Messiah, Christ, Anointed One, the Holy One of God, sent to proclaim the good news of the kingdom, to set the captives free, to release all who are imprisoned in the chains of sin, to bring salvation to you and me. And we are called to follow. We are called to be ambassadors of Christ, to be kingdom builders, to participate in a lasting legacy, a legacy that is not ours, but God's. Oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. Oaks of righteousness. A planting of the Lord. It is God who gives life. It is God who sustains life. Yet we are the ones God chooses to send us. We who follow Jesus. And if you do not yet follow, you can choose Jesus today jesus said i am the way and the truth and the life john 14:6 when we choose to follow jesus god sends us on mission 2 corinthians 5:20 we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though god were making his appeal through us isaiah 61 becomes personally real and relevant we apply it to our lives today there's an anointing that happens a filling of the spirit i encourage you to look at the first part of verse 1 and take it personally the spirit of the sovereign lord is on me because the lord has anointed me god will anoint you for service in his kingdom the spirit of the lord will be on you filling you empowering you and sustaining you for whatever specific purpose God intends. Come, Holy Spirit, fall anew, fall fresh. For it is us that God intends to use. He's calling us to proclaim the good news To the poor we are the ones to do this to bind up the brokenhearted god's calling us to do this now in this community to proclaim freedom to release prisoners to proclaim god's favor through christ jesus to speak of a god who is merciful and just to comfort all Who mourn. God intends to use us. Here in this city, in this church, let us fast and pray and seek God's will. Let us come near to God so that He will come near to us. Let us humble ourselves before the Lord. James 4, 8 and verse 10. God transforms and he involves us. In Isaiah 61, verse 3, it is the one that God sends who bestows the crown of beauty, who brings the oil of joy, the garment of praise. As Christ's ambassadors, we are sent to do this to bring beauty, to bring joy, to bring praise for God's glory into our families, into this church, into our community. And yes, it is only through Christ that this transformation is possible. But God uses us. He invites us to participate. He calls us. The poor, the brokenhearted, the captives, the ones who mourn, the ones trapped in a spirit of despair. They are transformed by God into oaks of righteousness. Oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord. Let us remember how we ourselves have been transformed by the love of Christ, and let us rejoice in the opportunity through both our words and absolutely our actions to share that transforming love of Jesus with others. The planting continues, oaks of righteousness, a lasting, Legacy. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, just thank you for your word. Thank you for its relevancy when it was first written down and inspired by the Holy Spirit in that context. How Jesus used passages of scripture in Isaiah, Lord, and how how we can make this real in our lives today, Father. Father, thank you that you desire oaks of righteousness. Empower us by your Spirit. May we take the time. May we humble ourselves and seek your face this week.